All right. When I was talking with the Pastor Satan, uh, I asked him what would be the topic that uh, you are following uh, uh, in the church. Said that well, you were talking about the journey or following Jesus. Said that's just in time because uh, actually uh, I'm also doing a radio program. I have a radio ministry in the Val, uh, which is uh, an hour program every Monday. And it so happened that I'm, uh, uh, I'm covering the whole book of John. So I said, that's, that's just uh, God's perfect way of putting things together. And so he gave me this uh, particular topic or particular chapter in John chapter 1, verse 29 to 51. And uh, I would say that we are all in a journey. Uh, I think you can see at the back uh, different kinds or different forms of uh, uh, taking a journey, right? But uh, I already mentioned that we have been here. Pastors come and go. Uh, when I started, I remember I started joining together with Pastor Dick uh, uh, Schaffer and then uh, Jim Ballback. Uh, and uh, for a long, long time with Ed Mangam and, uh, of course, Mike Rose. Then we started as youth pastor, then later on as your lead pastor here. And uh, he also had left. Oh, pastors come and go. We are in a journey, and all of us, some of you are well-traveled than many of us. So we have uh, been in many places, uh, but the journey will continue on until the Lord calls us home. And so as we talk about this, uh, somebody said that uh, life is really a journey. That's why I remember this uh, quotation before. Because if life is a journey, then travel it well. Uh, sometimes the travel, of course, is not always that good. Uh, coming here, uh, we have a little turbulent uh, coming from uh, Manila. To, and so we thought, oops, what's happening here? And uh, like many of you have experienced that, said, uh, will it be where God wants me to be, <laughs> either in heaven or will I be able to reach Hong Kong? Of course, we are here, and so we're glad about that. So, we, we, we go on a journey. We travel in different forms, and we have seen that. And maybe you have been in some of these, uh, uh, I'm not sure if you have been in any of this, no? But yet, uh, uh, we, we do travel in different ways. Maybe some of you have not seen this. Uh, I've not seen this in Hong Kong yet, but uh, if you are in uh, northern, northern uh, Philippines, they still have this mode of transportation. And we have uh, some places in Cebu City. If you are from Cebu, if you have been there, you'll see this. But maybe you will, not, you will wonder that in Davao, we have this kind of transportation. So <laughs> there are more people on top of uh, the jeepney. Uh, but I think uh, we cannot defeat the... The Indians in India, they, they will have more people. But this does the mode of transportation that you can find in many parts uh, in the Philippines. And so we travel in different forms, right? And then, of course, uh, uh, in the New Testament or in the Old Testament, uh, since they do not have car, cars then, so they travel by camel. And John, just two weeks ago, uh, the triumphal entry of the Lord Jesus Christ is riding on a donkey. So, I'm not talking about this kind of journey. Uh, these are just but samples of uh, how people travel nowadays uh, 
in many places. But I would like to deal with the journey on following Jesus. As, as we have said in John chapter 1, verse 59-51. As I look at this, uh, I, I begin to understand that uh, in every journey we take, uh, and every journey and what, for whatever form, as I have said earlier, as far as the spiritual life is concerned, each of us have our own story, our own spiritual journey. And in this spiritual journey, we, we will see that either we experience sometimes the difficulties of our spiritual journey that so many had fallen along the way and uh, maybe they have moved to another church. Or maybe for others, they just turned their back in following the Lord. Following the Lord will not always be easy. And yet, as I mentioned earlier, the journey we take will guide us and will direct us that when we begin to see that the travel is not just ours, we are not alone. There are those that are traveling with us. In John chapter 1, verse 29 to uh, verse 51, we see uh, the story of John the Baptist. And this time, if you'll see the, the, the beginning of John chapter 1, it mentions a lot of things about our Lord Jesus Christ. But in the particular chapter, uh, uh, verses that uh, I will be talking about, verse 29, he was talking about Jesus as the Lamb of God, who will take away the sins of the world. Then he was talking also of the one that, uh, that uh, was in many, many ways had proven not only that he is human, but he is also divine. And in the, the disciples of John, uh, when he began to share to them about who Jesus is, then one day we know his story. It was John the Baptist who baptized Jesus. And then one day he even mentioned this and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And if you will follow after that, two of these disciples began to follow Jesus. And so, somebody said that the mark of true discipleship is following Jesus. But how do we follow Jesus? What is your story and what is my story? I was glad that I was born uh, in a Christian family. In fact, uh, I would say that I'm a third generation Christian. Uh, when I came to know the Lord, uh, my grandfather was a faithful Christian. My parents brought us together in following the Lord. And we're happy as well that uh, uh, my own siblings, there are five of us, uh, we followed the Lord, and uh, three of us followed the Lord in full-time ministry. One of my brother, or I have only one brother, he also is uh, a pastor in one of our churches in, in Mindanao. And uh, my sister, one of my sisters, is now in Saskatoon. Uh, they are doing church planting ministry there together with, his, with uh, her husband. So three of us have been called by the Lord in full-time ministry, and that is the journey we're taking. 
I said I'm supposed to retire already, but uh, as we said, there is no retirement uh, in the ministry. We'll only retire when God calls us home. But here in that journey, we see that John was beginning to some kind of fading away. And now he's pointing up, pointing to Jesus as the one that uh, will take away the sins, sins of the world. And as a result of that, there was some kind of a chain reaction. And uh, the disciples of, of John began to follow Jesus. And so, you see there the blank, uh, they are the first on board. I want us to read this passage, if you can uh, open your Bibles with me. Uh, and I will just read the, the passage here. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. You see, in this story, the disciples of John saw that here's somebody, and of course we're referring to Jesus, who is worth following. And they began to follow Jesus. And of course, later on, many of the disciples of John, and for those who had listened uh, to the preaching of John, and of course of Jesus, they started and began to follow Jesus. But there's one thing that we see here, because at first they could not believe. Uh, they, they want to see. In fact, uh, he said, we want to see where you are. And Jesus said, come and see. And oftentimes, uh, there are some people, or there are some Christians who are like that. Some, of course, we have heard this, uh, this statement before, to see is to believe. But in the Christian faith, this is what Jesus said to his disciples and to those who will be. And then Jesus told him in John chapter 20, verse 29, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. We are grateful that we are part of that. But what do we mean when we say they are the first on board? Now, um, I know that many of us... Uh, become part of the Alliance International Church and being part of the bigger body of Christian Missionary Alliance all over the world. But not all of you started as an alliance. You, you, you are here because you, you, you see that uh, uh, you, love it, you love the ministry in this particular church and you are not even thinking about a denomination or the name of the church because you see that... Uh, uh, I love uh, with the fellowship and the ministry that is in this particular church, and I want to be involved. And sometimes that's the easiest way to, to, to gather believers, because uh, they are already believers, they know the Lord, and so they are normally the one always first on board in terms of doing ministry. And so, as we see here, this is the journey of the man called Andrew, actually. And a named disciple. So he was actually already a follower of John. So he knew already the teachings. And then when he saw the Lord, then he began to follow him. 
So I'm saying here that as part of the AIC or the Alliance International Church, maybe coming from different churches, and yet together we see that we are making a journey together as a church, as a congregation, but we are on board and following the Lord together because there is a mission that God has given to us. Amen? I just heard that you have 26 people who are now in Manila because they are on a mission trip. I am so excited to hear that. And in fact, uh, we just heard the news that there were more than 20 or 20 kids who had accepted the Lord as a result of that. And <laughs> praise the Lord. It's because there are people who are willing to be on board and those who know the Lord are the first one to do that. And so we're happy to hear that. So in any journey, there will always be those who will want to come on board right away. And I'm no, I, I know that uh, I heard some good news from uh, Brother Matthew about what's happening here at the EIC with regards to the future. But I know that there will be more missions ministry that you will do and you will continue to do in partnership with other churches. And in fact, uh, I would even challenge, if you like to be with uh, the IPs, uh, indigenous people uh, in the Philippines, you are welcome to Davao City. We have two churches uh, that is uh, geared towards reaching out to the IP or to the indigenous people in Davao. And we have two churches uh, that is part of the ministry of Davao City. So uh, one day, maybe one of these uh, days or maybe... Uh, you might decide to go to Mindanao, and uh, if you want to learn more about uh, the indigenous people there, uh, then you will be welcome. Yes, God is good, and we are grateful for people who want to be part and be on board in the ministry of the Lord. That's why there's one principle that I would like to share in regards to this one. said, if you truly want to journey with Jesus... You must be on board, and you must be willing to spend time with him. The disciples said, where are you staying? Can we see you? Can we, can we have time with you? And of course, after they have seen Jesus, this is what happened. Jesus said to them, learn from me, because I am gentle and humble in spirit. Oftentimes it's not easy. But these disciples, after spending time with Jesus, they're willing to be used by the Lord later on. And in fact, that's what happened. Resulting to that, one of his disciples that uh, had started following Jesus, it was Andrew. And so the second point is, you need not travel alone. In, uh, in the reading of uh, John chapter 1, 40 to 42, actually just a portion of this, it says, and Andrew brought along Peter for the journey. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. 
As I've already mentioned, we are all in a trouble. But we need not travel alone. And in fact, in this particular event in the life of Andrew, who was one of the two disciples, the first person that came to his mind right away was his brother, Simon Peter. For many of us who have been Christians uh, for quite some time, uh, maybe we have followed the Lord for so many years, or maybe some of you are just new in the faith. But here we see that if you are thinking of really being a missionary, in a sense. Because uh, somebody said this, that if you have Christ, you are a missionary. If you do not have Christ, then you are a mission field. But of course, uh, that's uh, just a statement that so many of us sometimes would remember. But what is the importance here is that we need not travel alone. We can bring along somebody with us. At this particular time, Andrew invited his own brother. If I asked you today or this morning, how many of you have still loved ones, relatives, or even some of our Filipino ladies here, your own spouse or husbands who do not know the Lord yet? Are we just saying we will enjoy the journey of following the Lord and knowing where our destination is and yet so many of our friends, our loved ones, maybe our friends who do not know the Lord, what will happen to them? It's a question that only you can answer because not all of us would have the same friends. But here in the journey that Andrew had to take, he has to bring along somebody. And he has, does not have to, take, uh, to make this journey alone. And so one principle that I would like us to remember is if you want to learn how to reach out to people for Christ, the, be the best place to start is your own family. It's not always easy, right? Uh, especially if uh, sometimes the kind of life we live is uh, maybe they do not even like the way we treat them. Or sometimes uh, the way we live our lives, uh, they said, well, I thought you were a follower of Jesus Christ, and yet I do not see the change in your life. It's sometimes difficult. But no matter what, the life we have when changed by God would really be different now. Because the Bible is very clear, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creator, all things have passed away. All those Characters that are not supposed to be pleasing to the Lord has been gone. We have become a new creature and we need to follow the Lord and become a model so that as people see us, then they would see us they are worth following the Lord because of the example, because of the model that they see in us, what it means to follow the Lord. We need to remember that if we want to reach out to people, we must learn how to reach our own family. I'm glad, as I've said, that we have a group who went to Manila to have this uh, BBS and reaching out to the children. And many of these children who come to know the Lord because of their witness, because of, uh, of the gospel that is being shared to these children. And yet at the back of our mind, when we know that we have still some of our own relatives and loved ones who have not come to know the Lord yet, it's still a difficult life of travel that we have to make. 
spiritually as we are still here on this earth. God expects to use us to reach out to our own family and loved ones and especially as friends. So, we're going to the third character or the third kind of uh, people who follows the Lord. They are not just the people who come first on board because they are now believers. So, any ministry that you have in your church, then they will be the first one to do that. Then, but secondly, we said, you need not travel alone. Andrew brought his brother along with him. And so as we travel in the spiritual life, may that be the kind of attitude we have as well that we need to bring along somebody. But thirdly, there must be personal invitation for the journey. What do I mean by that? Well, let's read the, the scriptures. In John 1, 43, 44, we read, The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. I tell you, he replied, oh sorry. And then the next day, he decided and said, follow me, Philip. And uh, like Andrew and Peter was from the town of Bethsaida. So we, we have here the third character, which is Philip. Now, Philip must be a man who somehow is different from the rest of the disciples. But Jesus found him. And he said, follow me. And what was interesting was that he followed Jesus. And of course, uh, if we remember who this Philip is, in the book of Acts, remember Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch? Philip became a good evangelist after he followed Jesus, and God used him to reach out to many of the places because Philip became an evangelist. So what's different from the testimony of, uh, and from the journey of Philip? Well, Philip was somebody who has been used by God uh, in reaching out. But Philip has a kind of, a, of, of, of an experience where I would say that nobody invited him. Nobody used uh, or there, there was no other person who invited him. But yet when Jesus saw him and invited him to follow him, then he followed Jesus. I'm saying this because I've, I've heard of so many stories of some people who came to know the Lord uh, in the, with the instrumentality of uh, sometimes not because of people, but sometimes just by the use of the Bible. I know of some stories. Uh, you know the, the, the group called Gideons? The Gideons International, right? And so some of you are members of that. And I know of some stories, in fact, a lot of stories of some who were at the point of even committing suicide. And so some of them went to a hotel and uh, thinking of, uh, of putting an end to their life because of so many problems and difficulties. Then all of a sudden, they found a Bible there. And uh, when they read the Bible, then all of a sudden, God, in his own mysterious ways, used the power of the word, and they were changed. I don't know how so many of you have come to know the Lord without somebody sharing the gospel to you. I know of some stories as well in the Middle East of some Muslim people who came to know the Lord because of dreams and visions. We've heard that story. 
Nobody shared through the gospel to them, but God appeared to them in mysterious ways. So what, what, what do I mean by this? In the experience of Philip, God, or there was no human instrumentalities in his part, but yet he came to know the Lord because he found the Lord in a very special way. What can we learn from the story of Philip? Well, the story of Jesus, remember during the uh, time when together with his disciples, they were on their way to Jerusalem for that what we call triumphal entry two Sundays ago. And the people and the crowd beginning to shout, Hosanna to the king! Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And they were shouting. They were bringing with them, I don't know if you did this uh, last, uh, palms. And they lay down some of the clocks along the way so that, and then put it on a donkey so that Jesus considered it. And as they followed Jesus, they were shouting. And you know what was the, what was the reaction of the religious leaders? He said, Come on, Jesus, stop your disciples or stop these people from shouting. And this is what Jesus said. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Now, why, why did I bring this in, re- in relation to Philip? Because my point is just simply this. God wants to use us. God wants to use you as God's instrument in sharing the gospel to others. But others came to know the Lord without human instrumentalities in a sense where somebody had to share the gospel to them. Of course, you will still use instruments like sometimes the radio, television, or maybe the, the, the Bible itself uh, in being uh, found in many places. But here we see when he said, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. He was simply saying that if Christians fail in their responsibility to share the gospel, then God will use other means so that these people will know the Lord. Now, this is this principle. If you fail in your responsibility of sharing the gospel to others, God will use someone else or other means to bring people to know him. My question is, how many years have we been believers in the Lord? How many years have we said, I am now a Christian? How many years have, have we been following the Lord and sometimes testifying about our own lives, knowing Christ as our Lord and Savior? The question is, have we brought someone else along with us in that journey so that they will accept the Lord as their Lord and Savior as well. Because if not, then sometimes even if we fail, God will use other means to reach out to them. So we see three kinds of, uh, of disciples who are following the Lord. First, this uh, Andrew, uh, because they are already uh, followers of Jesus, so it was easy for them to follow the Lord because uh, they have been taught already about, uh, about by John. 
And just like so many of us, as I've said here, we already know the Lord. So it's easy for us to be part of EIC and be gathered uh, and also continue on with the ministry that God has, 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 has given to this church uh, to pursue and even the missions that God has given to you as a congregation. But there are also those that need to be brought along. And uh, we know the story of, uh, of Simon Peter. It was through Andrew who brought him to Jesus. And because of that, they, then Simon Peter became, in fact, the spokesman and had been the core of the disciples of Jesus. God wants to use us to bring along somebody. And yet sometimes, sometimes we, we fail to do our responsibility. And so God used in other way, ways and means so that he can bring along these people to come to know him. But there's another person that I would like us to remember. The fourth character in this passage is, I call him the reluctant traveler because his name is Nathanael. Let me read the passage. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, about whom the prophets also wrote Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anyone good come from there? Nathaniel asked, or Nathanael asked, Then come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are indeed the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus said, You believe because I told you and uh, I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. You see, Nathaniel, as I've said, was quite reluctant because uh, he was not sure, but I'm sure that Nathaniel was a seeker. And in fact, he has two great questions. said, can anything good come from there or Nazareth? And then, of course, the second question, he said, how do you know me? Well, I'm not sure about Nazareth then, no, because uh, that was then uh, during the time of Jesus. But maybe it was, it was not a known country, but we know that Jesus from Nazareth, he grew up there. And so when Nathanael was, was thinking about the Messiah, you will see that in this in this conversation they have, he was in the fig tree. In fact, in, in the question that is, how did you know me? Or how do you know me? Uh, some scholars would say, uh, this is the way it should be translated. From where do you know me? Instead of how do you know me? Why, why is that significant? Because the response of Jesus said, from under the fig tree. So what's... What's, uh, what's interesting about the fig tree? Well, 
In the Philippines, we have a lot of, if, uh, if, if you, you are from Davao, we have a lot of durians. I know some of you eat durians here. Yeah? Some of you may not like the smell. Said it smells like hell, but it tastes like heaven. I am not sure if that's true. But some of you <laughs> may not may not like the the durian. But that's the delicacy. That's the kind of fruit we have in Davao, and everybody loves it. I'm sure some of you loves it as well. But you see, whenever we we think of a, of a place, we said. What's good in there? For example, I'll give you some, uh, some uh, countries that... Uh, for example, when you think of England, what comes to mind? Said so maybe monarchy or the queen, right? Uh, when you say about Paris, well, maybe <laughs> the tower, right? For example, if you say China, well, maybe... <laughs> Cheap goods and uh, the population, right? Uh, so many. About Hong Kong. Can you think of what Hong Kong is? <laughs> the cosmopolitan city, business, trade, uh, and so on, right? And uh, when you think of India, for those of, uh, from India here, maybe they can think of. Well, there are a lot of things you can think of, but one of the things that stand out even is the caste system of India, right? But so many believers as well in India, uh, second to, uh, to China in terms of population. For those from us who came from Canada, what uh, comes to mind? The Saint Tower, all right, maybe. <laughs> or the Niagara Falls, right? Uh, beautiful uh, than that of the U.S. side. But those are the things that come to mind when you mention a place. How about... Uh, The Philippines. Well, uh, they said OFW or overseas Filipino workers or people who are scattered. Uh, uh, I, uh, I, I was part of a ministry called the Filipino International Network where we made a study of Filipinos all over the world. They are in places the most, the hottest place in the world to the coldest part of the world. The Filipinos are there. No? Uh, there are so many of them scattered all over. But in that scattering, you know what? God, in His own special way, had called so many of you and so many of us to come to know the Lord and now become missionaries in places where they are. So the most important thing is that sometimes we ask the question, what good is there that comes out from that place, Nazareth? Well, Nathaniel said, I saw you under the fig tree. So what is significant in the fig tree? According to scholars, or according to some studies, when we talk about the fig tree, it is actually, it symbolizes what they say, uh, representing uh, uh, that of Israel. In fact, uh, uh, one scholar said that when we talk about the fig tree, it symbolizes the coming Messiah. In fact, this is what... uh, the Old Testament says about this. In Micah 4, verse 4, it says, Everyone will sit under their own vine and under their own fig tree, and no one will make them afraid, for the Lord Almighty has spoken. In that day, according to Zechariah 3.10, in that day, each of you will invite your neighbor to sit under your vine and fig tree, declares 
the Lord Almighty. So it, it seems that Nathaniel is one of those who was looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. And yet, Nathaniel was a little bit reluctant to be part of the journey when he was invited because he did not know the Lord. Or maybe he did not recognize him yet as the Lord until the Lord made that declaration. Then finally said in John 1.49, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. So we see here the significance of his confession is that now that he knew who Jesus is, that he is actually the Messiah, as prophesied in John 2, 6-8, with reads, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance and the ends of the earth your possession. So when Nathanael saw that this is the prophesied Messiah, then he began to follow the Lord. Here we see that because of that, Nathaniel saw more of the miracles as, as, as mentioned by, by Jesus. You will see more great things in the ministry of Jesus. We have seen at least four journeys or four people who follow the Lord. People who will easily get on board because they are already followers of Jesus. Some of you are like that. If we say there's a ministry needed, some of you will jump in around because you said, I know what it means to be in the ministry and therefore I want to participate in that. Some of you became believers because somebody brought along, you, they carry you said, come along, come and see the Lord. And then because of that, then you know you knew the Lord as your Lord and Savior. Sometimes, you know what? It just takes somebody to take that carriage and say, I want to bring you along. Have we, have we made that decision to bring along somebody? I am glad that, uh, as I've said, I knew still a lot of you, but uh, so many of you maybe I could not be able to recognize anymore. I could not remember some of your names. I remember Doug, Matthew, and of course, and of course, I, I, I remember some of you who are here before. And I would say, praise God, you have hold on, uh, and Mark and his wife, and of course, you have pressed on and continued on with your journey. And I'm just praying that you have brought along somebody else so that we can journey together and follow the Lord. There are three things. There's a principle that we need to remember. Because there are some people who are quite reluctant, right? Just like Nathaniel. Reluctance does not necessarily mean unbelief. But you must be ready to defend or explain your faith for others to believe. Some people with us just like follow the Lord because they, they are still asking the question, what good is there that comes from, uh, from Nazareth? Or who is this Jesus that you're following? But when you are able to testify about them, about who God or Christ is to your, in your own life, and then you will notice that when they follow the Lord, they will also be used by God in reaching out to others. Finally, 
What kind of traveler are you? It's a question that we would like you to respond. Maybe some of you can any of these four. I'm already on board, and I'm sure uh, those of you who are here, we are already on board. But second, I need to bring my loved one with me. Have you done that? Praise God if you have done that. Number three, I have a personal encounter with Jesus. I accepted this invitation to join him, and I am therefore part of the body of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. Maybe you are that as well. You have personal encounter with the Lord, then one day just said, yes, I want to follow the Lord. Maybe you are still the fourth one. I'm still reluctant, but once convinced, I too would be in this journey. I do not know each of you. Some of you are already on board. Some of you came along because somebody brought you here. Some of you are here because by personal invitation from Jesus Christ, you have accepted him as your Lord and Savior, and therefore you know him as, as one who had given you eternal life. But if there's anyone here still on that journey, still seeking, I'm not sure yet. Maybe this morning, if he is the Lord indeed, the disciples said, come and taste the Lord for his good. Come and see. So if you are that and the fourth one, come and see. But my challenge, my last challenge to you this morning is, we still have a lot of families, friends, maybe co-workers who do not know the Lord, who will tell them, come and see. Only you can answer to that. We are on a journey, and we are thankful that just like Abraham in the book of Hebrews said, he is looking forward to that city which is not built by hands, whose foundation is the Lord himself or is God himself, and that we are looking for that city where he has prepared for us. And I always remember and I always love to quote uh, what Jesus said in John chapter 15. Let not your heart be troubled. Be believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. That's the journey where we're going. And there are those who are not still part of that journey. Will you invite them and say, Come. And join me and come and see, for the Lord is God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for reminding us again of these different kinds of disciples who followed you. And yet grateful that we are now on board and part of this journey together. Father, as we have said that sometimes the journey will not always be easy. Sometimes it becomes difficult. Yet when we are assured as to who you are to us, we know that we can overcome no matter how difficult life would be. For we know that when we love the Lord, and the Lord loves us. The Apostle uh, Paul said, For we are more than conquerors to him who loved us. He has given his life for us. And therefore, Father, we can overcome because greater are you who is in us than he is of the world. Lord, thank you for keeping us part of this journey, keeping us safe, empowering us, 
Thank you for presence and your power and your provisions as well. In Jesus' name, amen.